seek him here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. The Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Blakeney. The uneasy peace between France and England had finally crumbled into war. All Europe was an armed camp. In London, court functions were still light and gay. Ladies were still in attendance. Men convened frequently to drink port and occasionally for grim discussion. Well, you're not very talkative tonight, Blakeney. I've been listening, Tony. Let's move over there. I want to hear what Pitt is saying to the prince. Right. <laughs> Prospect of a long and bloody business. You take time to stop them, time and men. Austria is weak and disorganized, so is Spain. Eventually they'll fall to the French. But each day they hold is a day of grace for us. Oh, hello, Blakeney. Did you hear? Perhaps, sir. I've been telling His Highness that... Uh, we overheard, sir. Of course, our sea power is still a great protection. With our fleet and the Spanish fleet, we might be able to strike a few quick and effective blows right now if our action could be coordinated. I but, beg your uh, pardon, sir. But I thought such a plan had been arranged. What do you mean? Well, only that I heard several weeks ago that you'd anticipated a French attack and send Admiral Lanning to Spain to map a joint plan of action with the Spanish Admiralty. Isn't that true? Yes, Blakeney, it is. But I'm afraid the French attack came sooner than I expected. Now, what do you mean, sir? Admiral Lanning was returning from Spain overland to save time. He was coming through France when hostilities began. He was taken prisoner by the French just a few minutes before we reached Dieppe to cross our channel. I see. Then our part is a joint naval plan with the Spanish. He's locked away in a French prison in Admiral Lanning's brain. Now, we can make new contact with the Spanish by sea. The ship is already on the way to do so, you have but it'll take weeks to run through the entire French fleet and return. And even if it gets through, there are moves that we perhaps would be making now. Moves the Spanish will be depending upon. The loss of Admiral Lanning, end of time, may be very costly. You said that the Admiral had been captured near Dieppe. Yes, taken completely unawares. A shore party of 30 men sent to meet him were also captured. You know where they're being held? Yes, less than a mile from Dieppe. Castle Normandy. So close to the sea coast? Yes, so close. But so very far away for all the good it does us. It could do us a lot of good, sir. If our ships moved in under cover of darkness with a sizable raiding party, Lanning and his men could be rescued. Yeah, all our ships could be wiped out and the raiding party annihilated. Yes, but a week Mr. Ago. Pitt is right, Tony. That's the move the French want and expect. That's why Lanning is being held so seemingly within easy reach. Yes, but there must be a way. <laughs> if there is, you have. <laughs> I wish we knew what it might be. There is a way, sir. Eh? I mean it. Do you know the location of the French General's staff headquarters for Normandy? Uh, Rouen. Would you trust a plan of mine? Depends on the truth or falsity of something I have been hearing of late, Blakeney. Are you really the Scarlet Pimpernel? Uh, shouldn't that concern the French more than the English, sir? What is the plan? I can't outline it completely, since necessity may force me to change the details as events occur. But I can tell you what assistance I shall need. Go ahead. Well, this is Tuesday night. On Friday night, at midnight, 
A warship of our fleet should make an appearance off the Normandy coast near the Treport. The Treport? It's almost 50 miles up the coast from Dieppe. I know. But I promise you that by Friday night, the French will be expecting a sizable landing party to put ashore the Treport in an effort to swing round and attack Dieppe from the rear. Yes, and the French will also have ships lying in wait to sink our warship. Which will be unfortunate for them if we have a sizable task force about ten minutes behind the first ship. The French might take much the worse of it. Oh. Not only that, but if the French believe an attack is coming at the Treport in sizable force, they'll strengthen that point by moving troops from Dieppe. Then at 2 a.m., a single ship of our line can put the real raiding party ashore at Dieppe. All French troops won't be withdrawn. There'll be still a sizable garrison at Dieppe. Sizable, but disorganized. If they're attacked simultaneously from front and rear... I have just one question. Who is going to be making the attack from the rear? I am, Mr. Pitt. With the help of Admiral Lanning and the 30 prisoners being held at Castle Normandy. I can't tell you how, but uh, depend on it. You asked me to risk a thousand lives. But knowledge of the Spanish plan could save us tens of thousands. Our warships will be off La Trapore Friday night, Blakeney. Thank you, sir. Come on, Tony. Blakeney, do you... Can you really do this? I think so, but... Uh, but what? It may cost my life and yours. My plan was simple and bold. On Wednesday night, Tony and I crossed the channel to the Normandy coast in a longboat with six members of the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel serving as oarsmen. We landed on a rocky point and covered the boat with seaweed and fluster. The boat has no markings, Blakeney. Since we aren't going back in it, why not set it adrift? Never know, Tony. Might be handy for one of us another day. Fook? Uh-huh. Yes, Blakeney? You unload those parcels from the back of the boat? Harding unloaded them. I put them at the base of the large rock, Blakeney. Good. Come on, all. Give you instructions while we dress. Uh-huh. Ah. Ah, here we are. Now, these huh? are French uniforms. Now that we are at war, I needn't tell you what it means to wear them. Any one of us detected and captured will probably be shot on the spot. (laughs) Well, this one is mine. Rank of colonel. (laughs) Fuchs, you take the lieutenant's uniform. The rest of you, except for Tony, dress as ordinary citizen soldiers. I'll take care of makeup and facial disguises as soon as you're dressed. But uh, what about me, Blakeney? Your uniform is in that other parcel. Hey, Blakeney. What? Well, then there's been a mistake. Look at this uniform. It's one of our own. English. That's right, Tony. My lieutenant of the Royal Navy. A British officer, fortunately captured by myself, and the citizen soldiers under my command. <laughs> Put it on quickly. All right, but uh, can't I know why? Yes, Tony. By tomorrow morning, we'll be in Rouen. Uh-huh. And you'll be my passport into the headquarters of the French General Staff for Normandy. You mean you're actually going to turn Dewhurst over to the French? Well, I hope to avoid that, but... Uh, if I'm to convince them that a raiding party is going to land at the Trefoil... Then you must have a captured Englishman who would be the source of that information, right? Right, Tony. Theoretically, a man who manages to slip in to notify Lanning and his party that liberation was forthcoming. Of course, that's the sort of information a British officer would not volunteer. I'll have to use makeup on you to make it seem as though we dealt with you <laughs> rather roughly. No, Blakeney. But if you seem unmarred physically... It wasn't the idea of seeming to be injured that struck me. It was the idea of makeup. It won't do. Why not? In your uniforms with a British prisoner, well, you'll be accepted quickly. The concentration will be on me. Since I'll be the source of information. But I don't... Let him talk, Fuchs. Go ahead, Tony. It's just that our objective is much too important to risk the off chance that 
Under close scrutiny, my simulated wounds might be noticed and arouse suspicion. Even more suspicious, old boy, if it seems as though you were talked about being roughed up and knocked about. Oh, I know that, Harding. My point is, there's no substitute for the real thing. If I'm to have bruises, let them be genuine bruises. You mean you really want us to knock you about? Yes. I'm right, Blakeney. You know it. And I can't quarrel with that, but... Oh, come, Blakeney. How can any of us deliberately strike a really hard blow against one of our own men? Oh, don't be so serious about it, Harding. Heaven knows you've dealt me some stiff ones when we've boxed together for sport. That's different. Oh, how different. Besides, if you knock me about, it's only logical that I'd leave bruises on one or two of you before you beat the required information out of me. So if you won't start it, I will. <laughs> now you folks. <laughs> Why, you... Bloodthirsty boundary serious, folks. Don't give him a lift. Here you are. Come on. I made no attempt to stop them. Whenever Fuchs or Harding held back the full fury of their blows, Tony stung them to greater activity. Then, finally, Harding stepped in close with a smashing right. Come on. All right, all right. That's enough. Oh, I don't mean that. I don't mean it so hard. Tony, Tony, you all right? Raise his head. Look at his face. Why did we? Well, you and Harding look almost as bad. <laughs> he knew what he was doing, and he gave you no choice. Tony. Come on, Tony. Oh, he's coming out of it now. No, 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 you don't, Tony. That's enough fighting for tonight. Oh. What was that you hit me with, Harding? A rock? I don't apologize, old boy. My speech is a little bit difficult because of what you did to my teeth. I doubt if my nose will ever look quite so aristocratic again. (laughs) I'll admit neither of you look as pretty as you once did. (laughs) You should see yourself. (laughs) I don't have to... See, I can feel. Ah, I'll leave the seeing to the French general staff. One prisoner, ready for delivery. In very convincing condition. Good work, Tony. Good man. It was mid-morning on Thursday when I presented myself and my prisoner at staff headquarters in the war. In my uniform as a French colonel, with Tony as my battered prisoner, I bullied the guards into admitting me to the presence of Marshal Latourette, commander of the Normandy forces. How dare you interrupt the staff meeting, Colonel? Oh, forgive me, Comrade Marshal, but time is short and precious. My men and I took this naval lieutenant as our prisoner but a few hours ago and exacted from him information of a most serious nature. The British plan raid to rescue the Admiral Lanning from Normandy Castle at Dieppe. It might interest you to know, Colonel, that the Admiral has been held at Dieppe to invite just such an attack, and that we are fully prepared to cope with it. But the attack will not be made directly at Dieppe. Oh. Come, speak up, prisoner. Uh, tell the Marshal what you told me and my men, unless you would prefer another chance to resist. No, don't touch me. I'll talk. A large raiding party will land at Le Trepot, circle inland and attack Dieppe from the rear. You see, Comrade Marshal... Reinforcements must be rushed to the trepot at once. It is... One moment, Colonel. Citizen Chauvelin, a matter of import. Could you come in, please? Chauvelin. I felt my stomach tighten. I had not expected him to be here. In my disguise, I might be safe, but Tony was without makeup. What is it? What is wrong? The Dieppe plan may need altering. The citizen colonel has brought in a British naval officer as his prisoner with news of a planned attack and landing at Le Trapeau. 
Chauvelin's hard eyes flicked at me sharply. Then his gaze turned to Tony and held. And I saw the spark of recognition grow and flare hotly. Then the burning eyes turned to me again, searching. So, you took this man prisoner, Colonel? Oui, citizen Chauvelin. He aroused my suspicion, and I had my men accost him. His uniform was concealed under peasant dress. The uniform of a naval lieutenant? But he has been an enemy of France before, without a uniform. I... I don't understand, citizen. Don't you, Colonel? This man is Sir Anthony Dewhurst, a chief lieutenant to the Scarlet Pimpernel. recognition of Tony as a member of the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel had placed us in sudden jeopardy. If I became suspect, all was lost. And so, as the Marshal and the others reacted to Chauvelin's denunciation, I acted. So, I'm aide to the Scarlet Pimpernel. Is that true, Englishman? I am in... a prisoner of war and entitled... Entitled to! I will give you what you are entitled to! Oh. It was the only way. I fell Tony with a brutal blow. But it brought a glint of quick appreciation to Chauvelin's eyes, and his suspicion of me faded as he saw what I had done. You are uh, an impetuous man, Colonel. Had I known before that he was in league with the Pimpernel, I would have permitted my men to tear into shreds after he had disclosed the plan for the attack on the Trepor. You seem most bitter against the Pimpernel, comrade. Why should I not be bitter against the man who has tried to make a mockery of our glorious revolution? Get up! Get up, Englishman! <laughs> hit me again. I, I... You will not be hit again, so long as you serve our purpose, dog. Now tell these men. Tell them the plans of the British attack. And if you try to conceal one little move, withhold one little piece of information, I will... No, please. I'll, I'll tell them. I'll tell them everything. Go ahead and be quick. Or I shall not ask the colonel to restrain himself. How many ships will the British use to bring the landing party to Le Troport? Two. How many will be in the raiding party? 500 select troops. What time will the attack be made? Tomorrow night at midnight. Tony gave him the full details of our decoy plan. He was superb. His performance was tense, cowardly, as though duty impelled him to silence, but fear made him speak. When he finished, Chauvelin and the Marshal exchanged satisfied glances. So, <laughs> the British think we are sleeping fools. We will have a surprise ready for them, eh, Marshal? One they will not enjoy. All right. Have a guard to take this dog outside while we discuss our plan. My men will take care of him, Citizen Chauvelin. <laughs> they have grown fond of him, as you can see from the marks he inflicted on those two. Yes, they deserve to have him in custody. All right, soldiers. Take him out. Oui, mon colonel. Come, Englishman. Well, Marshal... What is our move? We are at minimum strength at Le Trotor, as the British must have discovered. But if we move our strength over from Dieppe under cover tonight and deploy them about Le Trotor, <laughs> they will be landing in the jaws of a trap tomorrow night. 
simple and excellent, Marshal. Uh, but do not forget the two warships. <laughs> no need to let them get away. A half dozen of our ships lying in wait could destroy them easily. A dispatch to the commander of the fleet at La Havre, sent by you at once, would bring the ships there in good time, citizen Jovelin. I will send the order at once. Prepare such an order in my name, Dubois, and I will sign it. At once, citizen. Uh, that seems to take care of our British friends, citizen Chauvelin. I will send officers to supervise the movement of our troops from Dieppe, and then I will leave by carriage for Le Tropeau to command the action myself. I will accompany you. Oh, no, citizen Chauvelin. <laughs> Do not go with him. I implore you. Why not, Colonel? You ask the question like a brave man without personal fear, citizen. But it is a military action for a marshal or one such as myself to die in such an action is fitting and proper, for we are soldiers. But we should not risk the life of a leader such as yourself. You are too important to France. Yes. Yes, it might be dangerous. A stray bullet. One never knows, citizen. Stay here at Rouen and await reports. I beg you. It would suit the purpose of the Pimpernel and that dog my men are holding if your life was to be lost to our cause. Hmm. Yes, Colonel. Your advice seems most wise. Most wise. My concern about his personal safety had the effect I desired. It was now evident that Chauvelin accepted me completely. And his acceptance gave me the one chance I needed to save Tony's life. Chauvelin and I left the headquarters building together. You may expect a promotion in rank as soon as I can arrange it, Colonel. Merci, citizen. And uh, what are your plans for my prisoner? If we had captured him in French uniform, he could be disposed of easily, but... Uh, we need not adhere to any rules of warfare in his case, dear Colonel. As a member of the League of the Scarlet Pimpernel, he is automatically subject to a death sentence already passed by the tribunal. Madame Guillotine is still the Queen of Paris. That is exactly what I was thinking, citizen, but uh, it would be a shame to feed her a small titbit and perhaps deprive her of a feast. What do you mean, Colonel? In uncovering this British plot, we have already captured one of the Pimpernel's favorite men. Yes? If a member of the League is involved... Is it not possible that the Pimpernel himself is also involved? You mean he may be one of the raiding party who comes ashore at Le Treport tomorrow night? Oui. It will be wise if you make certain to personally examine all prisoners the marshal may take. But of course, Colonel. <laughs> you are a man who uses his head. <laughs> Merci. There is, of course, another remote possibility. Yes, what? A possibility that one of the 30 men held with Admiral Lanning... Maybe the Pimpernel? What makes you think that? I said merely a possibility, citizen. It may be that the Pimpernel engineered this plot to rescue the Admiral, which seems most likely. But on the other hand, should the Pimpernel already be our captive, unknown to us, this plot may be the idea of members of the League to effect his rescue. I see. I see. Both possibilities should be fully explored, citizen. The Marshal will handle the raiding party. If the citizen has confidence in me... <laughs> I could handle the other. And your plan, comrade? Let me take my prisoner to Normandy Castle at Dieppe. <laughs> it will seem natural enough. And if the Pimpernel is one of the group there... Dewhurst will seek him out immediately. Oui, citizen. I can watch. Seize whoever he runs to first and hold them under special guard. Excellent, colonel. Excellent. Then, citizen, if you will issue a written order admitting myself and the prisoner... Come. I will issue the order at once. You 
are a powerful man, Colonel. Do not be too severe on the prisoner until he has served his purpose. <laughs> I will try to restrain myself, citizen. I will try. <laughs> Brief Tony and the others en route to Dieppe. Chauvelin's pass sourced through almost without challenge, but I timed our arrival at the castle for Friday night at sundown, when I went into an immediate conference with the commandant of the prison. You ask a great many questions, my colonel. I merely ask the strength of your prison complement. I have uh, 12 guards. Do you know how many soldiers have been left in the town? I do not care to answer any further. I did not ask what you care to answer. I must remind you that my orders are signed by citizen Chauvelin himself. When he does not get immediate answers to his questions, they are usually asked a second time by Madame La Guillotine. I am merely being uh, cautious. Uh, there are uh, about 800 troops remaining in the town. Good. Now, for the rest of the evening, the prisoners are to be released from their cells and brought down to the main hall. For what purpose? So that my prisoner may make contact with the Pimpernel, if the Pimpernel is among them. Now, how else may we observe, will you tell me? You have a dozen guards. Place them about in pairs. And with each pair, we will assign one of my soldiers. You are sure your plan is wise? I become more certain each moment. Almost 2 a.m. and your prisoner has spoken to nobody but a British admiral. Give him time and take cheer. Don't you realize that our glorious comrades at the Trepore have been annihilating trapped British troops ever since midnight? I... What was that? It sounded like ship cannon, comrade. British cannon firing at the shore batteries. What makes you think I'm on colonel? Because that's the way we planned it, dear Jailer. <laughs> yes, and dreadfully sorry to keep you up past your bedtime. All right, men. Disarm those guards. All right. Good work, man. Good work. Take these keys, folks. Lock the jailers up. Admiral Lanning. You'll command your men, sir. We're to attack the Diet garrison from the rear. Then we'd better get moving. Our ship carrying a cease fire, so our troops must be on the beach. Good. Come on, men. Right. We're a small army, but let's fight like a large one. Are your men ready, sir? Yes. The French have deployed 200 yards ahead. As soon as our rush distracts them, our troops on the beach will rise up and charge too. Well, let's hope we can panic them. Only one way to find out, isn't there? Will you give the order, sir? It's your show, Blakeney. I'll be honored to take an order from the Scarlet Pimpernel. Oh, thank you. All right, men. Steady forward and no turning back. Plenty of noise and fire as you go. Charge! <laughs> well, they know we're coming all right, Admiral. Yes! Heavy fire, everybody! There they come, pounding from the beach! The French are breaking ranks. They're leaving their positions. Gun fire to the left flank as they go, men! Don't hit our own troops! Don't worry now, sir. There comes our wedding party right through the center of their line. We've got to strike off this way. We can chase them tearing the paddies. Oh, we... no, you don't, sir. Well, that's all of this raid for you. Now we can get you through to a ship with that information about the Spanish. But there's a battle going on here, man. I think... You're taking orders from me, sir. Just as once, of course, by your own agreement. Oh, all right, Blakey. But I've enjoyed this.
busy night, Admiral. There's the sunrise coming up on time. Yes. Something else coming, too. Off to starboard. A line of our ships. Oh, that's the flotilla we sent into Luxray for. Six ships. Oh, well. Yes, one heeling to port quite a bit, though, and another with her mainmast shot away. They've seen action. I wonder how the French made out. Soon, no. We're exchanging signals with the lead ship now. Let me your guard, please. Of course. Now, what are they saying, sir? Just one moment. Good. Good. Two of the Frenchies sunk, two damaged. They're getting closer. That lead ship looks familiar. Why, that's the... Yeah. Yes, Nelson's ship, isn't it? Yes. You know Nelson? Yes, yeah, splendid fellow. Oh, a good man, a good man. We'll need them before this is all over. Lots of good men. Oh, we'll find them on our little island, sir. Somehow. We always have. <laughs> 